0: Hi, my name is Michael Frank, and this is the Prefab Pod presented by Prefab Review, where we interview leading people and companies in the prefab housing industry. Today, we're speaking with Ryan Abernathy, founder at Drop Structures. Ryan, thanks for joining. Thanks a lot, man. Uh, well, it's great to have you. Uh, just to start out, can you tell me a bit about the history of Drop Structures?
1: Oh, for sure. Um, so, Drop Structures started in February of 2017 over a Chance meeting and beer, which uh, it's always a good start to a good story. Um, it was uh, uh, myself and uh, two other people, brother-in-laws, and I had previously built a small unit. Uh, the first two people, they were my partners, Brandon and Matt. They had built one. They would had an idea for doing small spaces for about six years. Uh, I had built one. Actually approached someone about doing it, um, my brother-in-law, and he was just, and he builds and fills houses. It was just busy, couldn't do it. And then I got heavily involved with photography and advertising. Um, and then when we met, we are like, hey, let's do this. We had a couple beers, shook hands, and then we started to build our first one in February of 2017. We incorporated in October of 2017. And we've been along on the ride ever since.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. And, and it sounds like you said your partners were had backgrounds as builders.
1: Um, no. So I grew up, uh, I'm from California. Um, the, the first job site I remember being on was in Pacific Palisades. And my dad's been in construction. So I've been in construction on and off my whole life. Um, Brandon uh, was and restauranteer i guess you could say that he had started a couple of restaurants and matt was an amazing all hands does everything um each of us had a lot of skills in a lot of varied areas um but yeah I, i'd say i came with the most construction background knowledge got it
0: so you built the first unit um and uh yeah and then what happened
1: Uh, So we built the first unit in the back of a Arctic spa warehouse. Arctic spa is a a hot tub company with no electricity and no lights um, based off of a random design. Built it. Uh, The reason that we shook hands and got started is because three weeks later we entered it into a home and garden show here locally in Canada and had some amazing responses. Uh, And then we and it was like a handshake deal it's like hey we've both had or we've all had this idea let's just see if this works um it did, got tons of reviews and did amazingly well which was really good uh but then we sat for about when we were like okay we're gonna make a go of this and it was all under just a handshake partnership like hey let's just try this uh we ended up selling the unit it had to learn how to transport a unit uh <laughs> wrap it and do everything in that regards and once we sold that one, we were like, hey, we have a go of this. Uh, we locked in a massive contract. Well, not massive. It was massive to us at the time with Caterpillar um, to build them a portable office. And once we locked in that contract, we just that, set, that got our foot going in the door, was able to get us some capital to get started. Uh, we didn't take on any money. Uh, it was just bootstrapped the whole way. So yeah, then it, it just continued to grow from there. That's great. And was the
0: was that first unit, um, I know, was that basically a version of the mono that you have on your site or is that different than that?
1: No. So it's, it's funny. The, the mono is. The mono, I would say for a time being was our flagship. It was definitely the most iconic piece. Um, like our banner picture on our website, that was a picture that I took. Um, so it goes into the design aspect and, and photography and just the, amalgamation of nature and material and architecture. Our first unit actually was just what I would say now is would be our alpha model. Um, it was a side entrance, shed roof, uh, patio doors on the front. Uh, and it was eight foot six by 12 feet. Oh, um,
0: cool. Um, and then, okay. So, <laughs> so, so you, you got some capital and then, at that point, did you do you do you have your own factory? Uh, how do, how does this work now?
1: Yeah, so we actually—that's one thing that's super important for us—is we always look at this as like okay. Um, we look at, at at companies I really like. I like like Tesla. I like Apple. I like uh, brands like Uncrate. Just things that are just like super classy and and one of the things that's great about Apple and is that like. I bought a pair of AirPods yesterday. The packaging was awesome. I undid it, pushed the button on the back, and it seamlessly integrated with my phone and everything else. And so I feel like Apple has done a really good job of looking at it from the client's perspective and be like, this has to be simple for the client. What we found is um, in growing, we've always built everything in-house um and there was an aspect where we were going from this transitional period of being like hey we're just doing the backyard you don't necessarily need a permit to we need a permit and we didn't have the infrastructure for it we didn't have the ability to build it mm-hmm. and the, right down in the area where we live there's a massive uh pre-manufactured home builder and where we went like and i, I think this is really good interesting uh where a lot of companies uh, divert and go different ways it was like, hey, you know what? It'd be really easy. We've got our plans. We'll get these guys to build it, mm-hmm. and so we had this other company build it. Yeah, um, and we see
0: that all the time, like ADU builders that are like oh. you know, building their homes out of a Champion factory or something like that.
1: Yeah, Champion's a really good one. They they actually have a facility, or one of their subsidiary companies has a facility here in uh, the town that we're in. And you know what it's just two different I'm not saying one's better or worse it's a lot about uh, the the owners and what they want to do with their company and where they want to go yeah
0: and one's more capital and, intensive than another et cetera
1: oh for sure like there's a there's neither here nor there it's uh, my concern is as long as the client gets an amazing product that's the end goal so have a happy client we actually went through a third party and if you go to our website or our Google website, we have a 100 percent horrible review um, and it's actually my favorite review ever because um, we stepped out went with a different con- uh, company we lost control of the process and unfortunately the client had to suffer the ramifications of what that was like mm-hmm. February 14th of 2020 I it was nine hours away it's middle of winter I get a phone call there's water leaking underneath the unit um, I don't know what's going on we, me and one of my guys drive out there and we had to rip out the whole underside of the building because the diswater or the one laundry discharge was discharging into the sealed floor and wasn't actually draining anywhere. So for oh, the previous nine months, it was just collecting water. It was just pulling um, but yeah, I oh man, um, he uh, hands down one of the best clients we've ever had. He's phenomenal. His name's Chris. I'll leave his last name out, but he is amazing. But the reason I love that review is because well first it shows the reality of we're human uh no company is a five star company uh every company has issues but in the comment in what he said the guys at drop structure are amazing and then for lack of a better word he said their product is shit and i love that because it was in that like we decided that going and outsourcing it limited our control on the quality of the product and since that day, we build everything in a house. Uh, and we will continue to do that. It's, a, it's a, it, it, I'll be honest, it's a lot more work. We've had to scale for that. Um, there's As an owner, there's a lot of risk. I lie awake at night and I'm like, holy cow, we've got so many people working right. for got us. got a lot more
0: overhead, yeah. And,
1: but for me, I'd rather take that on and know that we kick out a quality product that I can literally walk five feet or not five feet let's be realistic 50 feet behind our office and I can go and see every single unit that we're building. Um, that's really important to us. So that, I guess that's a very long answer to a short question. Yes. No, we build awesome. everything in house.
0: So what's, so what scale are you at now? Um, like how many, how many structures do you have going at one time or like, yeah, what can you tell me about sort of where you are today now?
1: Yeah. So it's, it's been really interesting. Uh, we will, on average, we will do anywhere between 120 to 180 units a year. Um, and there's a, so that 60, uh, that 60 unit gap is, we have a lot of what I would say like is your standard offerings. We have 12 different offerings that are, would be like our, you can drag, drop, click and just be like, Hey, I want this one. But we're really starting to get into more of the custom. Um, and that's, that's something that's been really interesting for us because Every unit that we've ever put out, we have done one of two things. We have thought, "Hey, this is a really cool design. We'll build it in-house and then we'll just see with the market if they like it or not." But we're going to start with we like it, so we're going to build it. And I think that's a good point to start because if you're passionate about it, then you have a lot of energy and just like yeah. zeal for it. And then we'll get clients that are like, "Hey, I actually want to um I want I want to try this." And so We actually have, it's called the Arlo, and it's from a client, and his last name was Harlowich, and it was like Harlow, and it just went in line with like our mono duo, and so we called it the Arlo, and it was a design that he came to us, and he was like, hey, I'd really like to try this, and so we're like, oh, okay, we'll try that, and so we partnered with him to do that, and it became one of our standing um, offerings that people can come and purchase, but with that, there's a lot of custom projects that have come our way, and we're like, hey, this is really cool, Um, we're pretty simple. We're like, hey, is this cool? Yeah, okay, let's do it. Like, It's uh, obviously with the business, we're like, does it make us money? Yes. So that's a good check to have. We have to make some money. Um, But with this custom aspect, we're finding that area for us is really growing. um, So much so that we took on another facility specifically for building custom units. Uh, So there is a big gap. We'll do between 120 and 180 um, as of right now. Uh, we were just in the states last week looking at another facility, so that might grow um, as cool. well. Yeah. So yeah, um, that's super cool. I
0: love the I love the sur- no, you're not like explicitly crowdsourcing it, but uh, you're sort of un- understanding what the uh, <laughs> what the market or your customers want. Um, yeah, it's, it's funny. It's, it's, my uh, my my suggestion for that, uh, just because again, we get like crazy volume of people who are like, "Where can I find this? Where can I find that?" Oh, not a lot of small, not a lot of small structures with, uh, I don't know if this would work for all your kind of areas with high snow loads with roof decks. We, we get a lot of people in, uh, like Southern California. I want to put this small ADU in, but I have like a, you know, I've got a four-year-old and I don't want to give up my whole backyard. Can, uh, can, can we do something with like a, uh, where like, you know, I'm just moving my backyard up 12 feet or something. So, uh, I think there's some reasons no, that that doesn't exist now, but uh,
1: that, <laughs> that's my, it's my special request. So, something like that's actually really interesting. So, we send yeah. a lot of our units in California. And so, hearing that, yeah. like, I get excited. I'm like, oh, and don't get me wrong. I love my business. I absolutely love it. And I'll be very honest I love my business because the people I work with are absolutely amazing. I'm like, man, if we could do something else. We could go. I don't know, pick up manure somewhere. And if I'm doing it with these guys, then it's awesome. Like the, the team is really good, but it's also really exciting to, Cause once you see like, like I've seen like 60 monos go out and it's just like, Oh, uh, another mono, which is great because our clients love right. it. But I'm like, I like new iterations. And so on our, our the team that I have will go over designs and, one aspect, like you actually mentioned with the rooftop patio, is there's an engineering element to that. Right. And then there's that's, a safety element a to that. That's a complicated. And it is complicated. But one thing that when I say that we have things in-house, we've, so we've grown at quite a large rate. And we continually, as we grow, we bring things in-house so we can actually – there's a faster turnaround time. And engineering is one of those too. And so it's, it's finding engineers. Um, so we have an engineer um, – person that we work with. Um, and it's just because we're based in Canada, just finding someone in the United States and seeing if we can get that. And instead of outsourcing that stuff is bringing it in house because then we can design and iterate and we'll build it. And, and that's what I was saying is like, that's a great idea. You know what, instead of putting it out to market, let's build it and build it for ourselves. And then, cause you never get it right the first time. I wish we did. And I'm sure every business was like, I wish we got it right the first time. You always make mistakes and we'll build the first one hey we think this is awesome so we'll put it out to the market and if it takes off it takes off it's awesome we get the we get the awesome we're lucky enough that it's like hey we got to build it it was awesome or and yeah. even though the even though the market didn't like it we liked it and yeah. we're okay with that
0: well, yeah, uh, yeah. If 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 you guys actually do that one, we'll 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 send you know I don't know fifty thousand people or hundred thousand people <laughs> and, and, and see if they like it. I'm, I'm totally oh, serious. Sure nice. that. Um,
1: that, that sounds awesome.
0: Uh, cool. Uh, all right. So uh, let's. So you guys have like uh, we talked a little bit about kind of the variety on your site. Um, it looks. It seems like so the primary focus. It seems like are small spaces, offices, and then. I guess almost like little like, would you call them one bedroom units kind of like how, how would you describe your sort of product selection right now?
1: Uh, <laughs> no, uh I don't know. <laughs> we have a, a variety of options for anybody anywhere is, would be yeah a really good. In the, in the biggest one, I guess what, around
0: 500 square feet or 400
1: square feet. Yeah. So there's, there's what you see on the website and then, then there's the reality of what we're doing. So and a little bit of history is I come from an advertising background, uh, all the photography and all of the design and everything was something that we've done in house. Um, and we haven't actually updated our website or anything in almost two years. And so you'll look on there and it's like, Oh yeah, they build up to 400 something square feet. Yeah. We have units that are up to 640 square feet right now. Um, and we just haven't had time to put them on. And get them out there for people to see you um,
0: know are they all essentially one module wide or do you do things that are
1: more than that oh that is a that is a great question we get we get asked that question all the time and what we've found for us is a good basis of what we do is anything 640 square feet or smaller single deliverable we want to be the best at it. Um, the engineering and everything that goes into doing modules and connecting. If people want that, there's another company. They're about five hours away from us. Their name is <laughs> like you just mentioned
0: Tenobo, yeah.
1: Yeah. They are amazing. Like Matt, he's one of the guys that actually, he's the one that shows up on site. He, he helps with everything there. You got cam and Daniel and cams the one that's actually running a lot of it. Daniel, Daniel was the one that originally started it. And so when people come to us, we've really gotten cool with just being like, yes, we want to do that. Like I would love to do modules. Like, don't get me wrong. There's a whole new field of excitement, but right now we're really focusing on just 640 square feet or smaller and being the best at that. But knowing the people like Honamobo, that's like, Hey, you want to do a module you're in California. You want a 1200 square foot bungalow. That's on top of a concrete garage. Man, yep. you guys should contact Hona Mobile, Talk to this guy. Um, there's other people that do modules that are phenomenal at it. And I think that we are really okay with just being like, Hey, go talk to these guys and just sticking with where we're at and refining and getting better and better at what we're doing.
0: That makes total sense. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about the process of being a customer? So I come to your website or whatever and I say, Hey, like, I really like this unit. Um, (laughs) Yeah. What are the next steps and kind of timing from there as a potential customer?
1: Yeah. So uh, I like this answer. uh, or I like this conversation because we always try to view it for the uh, from the client's perspective. And so if you hear back that this is not how that process is, we would love to know. Um, People usually come on our website and so they hit us on the website and then they'll fill out our contact form. And then it goes to one or uh, we have two salesmen uh, Corey and TJ and they're phenomenal. Um, and their whole job is just to answer questions, uh, provide everybody with as much information. You will deal directly with, uh, Corey and TJ. Um, and they, we have a single main office. They are five feet away from our drafting. They're five feet away from me, our accountant, uh, our operations guy is, is right in there. So you'll send an email and be like, Hey, I'm interested in say, uh, a hollow plus, Uh, but you're trying to decide between the hollow plus and the hollow off grid, because you have a really cool piece of property. It's located up in let's say big bear and you have the potential for deep services, but at the same time you don't. And so you're trying to figure out what should I get the hollow plus or should I get the hollow off grid? They will spend a lot of time with you either via email uh, and answering questions back and forth, or we really suggest a zoom call. Uh, Zoom call it's usually face-to-face and with email while we absolutely do email We try to make sure to track everything so there's a document so we ourselves can go back and confirm everything when you get on a zoom call with either Corey or TJ a Lot of questions that you ask they can actually answer them right there Which then leads to more questions which they have an amazing amount of knowledge and can answer I would say 90 to 95 percent of questions that are asked they'll be able to ask uh, answer those questions. So you do that and then there's upgrades, there's options. You'll have a conversation with them and then we will send you a contract. Um, and the way that we work is we take a 50% deposit that secures the build queue um, and actually gets you a tentative delivery date. Um, once it's in the build queue, uh, it will build So, anything 240 square feet or smaller, once it gets into the build queue and we start production on, will be five weeks. Um, Anything larger than that goes up to eight weeks, depending on it. Uh, And then there's usually three or four days uh, in regards to delivery arriving. And the whole time we're communicating with you about making sure that, hey, delivery, um, this is where we're going to be there, the crane needs to be there. And on the majority of our units, we actually It was a a really fun situation. Um, We communicate and help with transportation, uh, so much so that uh, we started an in-house transportation company because we ran into a really awkward situation where we had a unit that went down to to Topanga, California. We used a third party. I was getting phone calls from uh, the actual trucking company saying, hey, this is retarded. We can't do this. We're taking away this unit, and you're never going to see it again. And we'd already paid the brokerage like so much money. And they're saying, the brokerage is saying, we need more money. And then the, and it was just a really, really bad situation. So we took on transportation. Um, and so once it gets close to the end of the build queue, you will be put in contact, or, or you will be in contact with Luke. We call him the minister of transportation and he will be arranging the arrival date and delivery of the unit. And at that time we require the final deposit.
0: That makes sense. So that totally makes sense for, uh, and I think you have stuff that sort of makes this point on your website, the kind of non-design review uh, areas of the world. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, so we mentioned California where there, it seems like every planning department we run into for ADUs in California has some (laughs) kind of fun, fun comments. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So in those situations, are people just doing a design contract? You're, are you, you're like sending them permits that they submit and then there's potential op- opportunities to like slightly tweak your house or et cetera. Or how does that work in those situations?
1: Yeah. So the original question is a very good question. Uh, and I realized I answered one of three ways you can answer uh so when you go to places like North Dakota or Montana where they're very open to things <laughs> right, going up you, you, you don't really off. need to you just drop it off like in and, and it's really not sometimes I would just say those are the wild west they does it is it built well yeah okay then just drop it off when you go to California um so there's the the permit route and then there's the custom route and so whenever we're going to do a permit route you'll contact us you'll talk with tj or Corey. we ask a lot of questions uh with the clients about hey what's going on here do you know what your local jurisdiction is uh, going to be doing and what we found is that a lot of times you have people that are in these high density areas that don't know the answer to the questions that we're actually questioning them about they didn't even know those questions exist so we do one thing where we'll actually take a permit deposit and we will work. We have someone in-house that will actually work so on So they'll their call behalf. the local municipality and figure it out. Exactly. And and there's there's it's a lot of just – so what I would – I can tell you we have between 50 and 60 of those deposits in right now where we're working with clients to actually go through this process. I know there's um, there's locations at like San Jose. They're fast. There's certain – they're they're very fast i think that there is a i think um, a bodu i think a bodu has something really big there that they have like they've streamlined theirs really good
0: yeah we had their Um, ceo
1: on uh, like maybe a month ago and uh, oh nice
0: john he's a nice guy um and and he was talking about how they can do a day in san jose as a turnaround
1: oh man that's amazing and and if you talk to him again his designs are spot on i like his designs a lot um, so in these areas, we realize, again, it's from the uh, the customer perspective and the client perspective is like these people, they bought a house, they don't know what to talk. When we're talking setbacks or zoning or, hey, what's the density in this area? How close are you to a bus stop if it's going to go down the 80 route? A lot of these things, it's like, hey, if we are to leave that on the client, the client to figure out. We actually just created a problem for the client while trying to for all intents and purposes sell our product and i don't think that's very i don't think that's very kosher to the client and so we started taking on the process of hey we'll jump in there's a fee that you pay um and there's some documents that you can sign where you sign off and allow us to it's like when you build a house and you sign up so the gc can actually represent you in front of the local jurisdiction we're going down that path more and more um a lot of, and, and a lot of this growth is stuff that it's like, hey, we're going into these areas because we believe this is an area with high demand. Um, we designed the product. We think it's going to go really good. And then once we get into it, it's like, hey, we have a solution for this. And right. once you put that solution forth, you find out there's still a lot of problems that you right. have to you deal with. You end up playing with.
0: whack-a-mole for all these other things. Yeah,
1: Exactly. And sometimes, like I, I mean, I've been. I think we've all had a really bad customer service experience where you feel like you were just left hanging. And for us, um, so we don't have any shareholders. We don't have anybody that is coming and telling us we need to make a certain percentage. We, we have no debt in this company, um, which allows us to pivot and literally be like, hey, we, do we think we need to hire this? It's me and three other people on the leadership team. Do we need to hire this? Do we think this is going to be a problem? Yes, we do. And we will go out and we will find some way to fix that problem. Instead of having to go board and get things justified, or a lot of it's just we're able to pivot really fast and be like, hey, this is a problem. It's not necessarily a problem for us. It's something that the client is capable of doing, but it's a problem for the client. So let's take that problem on and take it off the client. At the end of the day, it really is helping to sell our products, which then like we sell more products, which we are a business. That's what we're going to do. But it takes a lot of the the client lying awake at night wondering, okay, so do I need to have half inch drywall on both sides of this unit or just on the side that's actually... Uh, got the fence on it or do i need sprinklers and stuff that they're like they they could be doctors and they're trying to figure out like a double bypass heart surgery and all of a sudden they're thinking about drywall and zoning and so we'll we'll take a lot of that on and and don't get us wrong or don't get me wrong it's a learning process we're still learning we i would say we're not the best at it um but I, i think with today's society and with adus and how there really isn't like, are, are you title 24? Are you A Two Seven Seven? Are you HUD code? There's a lot of unknowns. And I think yeah. there's a lot of people, a lot of really good companies out there that are really trying to get this nailed down so that we could all work through. First and foremost, to show up with an amazing product for the clients and also a product that endures and lasts forever, but also makes it easier for the client. So it's not a headache for them.
0: Yeah. So let's take, so I mean, we think we're, we were might've been talking about the hollow plus. So one of the questions we constantly get, uh, which mm-hmm. is just around cost, right? People being like, okay, like what's this going to cost? So I, you guys do an awesome job of, I think listing, I think base, it's basically the starting price for the unit on your website. I, I assume. Um, but so like, I don't know if the hollow plus is the right yeah. example, but <clears throat> assuming uh, like, does does that cost include transportation? Does that include any foundation, et cetera? For a unit like that, you can pick any geography you like, just be specific. What it, what will you expect to get that to let's just assume like a kind of a flat site um, from a kind of all in cost standpoint? Like how much does the sort of post um, you know modules
1: leaving your factory end up adding in costs? Yeah. And I understand that there can be a, a tremendous range. Oh, I think there's a, there's a massive range on that. And that's one thing that I don't, I don't think clients or like for us, it's clearly communicating that, Hey, this is something that's outside of our control. Um, But we will help with this whole process. Um, We've got units all over the United States. So one thing that we do enjoy doing is when someone comes back to us and they're like, Hey, is this this pricing fair? Mm -hmm. You can tell right off the bat that it's like, okay, $36,000 $36,000 for six tubes that's a little bit crazy. Um, you got to be doing some dynamite or something. Like, are there other variables leading to that? And we'll work with our client on that. But with pricing, uh, this goes back to something that uh, in, uh, inside our company, we actually had a conversation and we are like, do you guys like not knowing what the price is? And nobody in our company was like, I hate going to a website. And they're like, call for price. And so we made the decision that we will actually put like our starting price for every single one of our units. You're not going to have to email us to find out what the starting price is. That's yeah, it's always be to yeah,
0: I, I think it's dumb. I, I think the industry is actually, I think that if we've had any contribution in the industry, it's that we do our best to list this. Um, but yeah. uh, I think you're helping your salespeople out by doing that too. Because <laughs> like them answering that question over and over is, 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 is you're using their time better if that's listed.
1: Exactly. And and while well, our sales guy, they're like, Hey, we're here to help clients. So I mean, obviously they don't they enjoy it when they get more when more answers are answered on the website. But it gives everybody a good starting point. Like if someone's like, Oh, I really want this and they saw somewhere that it was and we had a specific situation where the price that was given that went out to a lot of people was not the correct price. And all of a sudden we were inundated for like three or four months because the company wouldn't change the price. And everyone's like, Oh, I saw this picture and it's this price. And we had to be like, it was the worst. We had to be like, no, it's actually three times that amount. That was a mistake. And that was a mistake on this person's like where this came from. So we will always provide the price for the unit. Um, I would say, look at it like a Tesla. You can go onto the website and you can actually, this is the car you want. Um, they're a bit further ahead because they're, well, they're Tesla and they're amazing. To where you have a configurator and you can actually drag yeah. and drop and put these in. And we have a lot of those options. Um, we have a brochure that we can send out that has those options as well. Um, I think the biggest thing is we don't want people to get sticker shock or we want clarification and communication to be clear. Mm-hmm. So with us, um, a really good example is we the transportation. Uh, If it's going to be 240 square feet or less, and and it can go a little bit bigger than that. This is where we're having a conversation with the client. We can actually get you a very good and accurate transportation quote. So when you purchase your um, unit from us, it's all-inclusive to site. Um, So we're going to California and we're going to take a hollow plus. We know it's going to generally be about $7,000 because we're hauling it. and we can actually put that price in. And one thing good about having a transportation company pricing for third-party pricing has doubled in price. So over the last three months, with the fuel surcharges and everything like that, it's we've seen transportation costs go from like nine thousand to nineteen thousand dollars just because of. And we can't control that. Whereas like a lot of these transportations we can control because it's in house. Which is, I mean, if I was like I got quoted nine thousand, then it came back at nineteen, I'd be, man, I could just buy a. A really nice used car for that price. So we will deal with that. That's the price when you pay us. It is for the unit to show up completely wrapped to your driveway. Other additional costs are going to be cranes or however you're going to. I was going to say, yeah, the how, do,
0: you, do these get installed via cranes? Do you roll
1: them off the truck? Like, how, how does that work? Uh, we've done so many different things. We've we've had a tilt deck that we actually chained one to a telephone pole because it's the only way the client. Some things happen and we drug it off our trailer um crane is definitely the preferable way to do it um there is a bit of a sticker shock when people are like well how much is this going to cost and oh i wouldn't say a sticker shot most places with a crane were there for about four hours and yeah. uh, some of the larger ones you're looking between 400 to 600 dollars, and that's for the larger ones if we can pull up right next to it that's you're looking not, about, yeah. yeah you're looking like 225 or I, I, I think it's that. just because i'm so used to
0: yeah, you probably. i uh, doing probably, these enormous modular homes with like oh, much yeah, probably yeah. you know 150 foot cranes um, for a full days. It's like much,
1: exactly, much more and then there's some crane companies I know in like California and yeah. there's we've done enough crane lifts that we have some really good companies we like working with. That's great. They do a minimum of it's either four hours or eight hours to the yeah. location, so mm-hmm. there will be crane costs. and then. All of our units are designed to go on a bunch of different foundation options. It's one thing that we're really proud of is the way that we design these is so they could actually go on sonotubes. They could go on helical screw piles. They could go on a fully finished concrete basement. They can go on stem walls. They can go on a grade beam. Um, They could technically sit on blocks on grass if necessary. Now, we don't recommend that because it is nice to, I mean, I think you need like a gravel pad or some like a substrate that's compacted but that's where we'll actually work with the clients Um, part of what we actually provide is we provide a foundation document so the client's like hey um i'm located and we need screw piles it's like okay here's your screw pile locations here's the dimensions between this is what they need to be um this is what we recommend for your, your your the size um Depending on where they're going, and where it is, the size does is dictated by geotechnical reports, and there's a lot of times where you have to get a geotech, you have to get an RPR, all of these other things uh, by local jurisdictions, and we have pretty good idea of what that's going to cost. Um, if I if you were to be like, hey, so what's a what are we looking for? So for 240 square foot and that, like a square foot cost for your building, what are you looking for a foundation plan? I'd have to be really awesome and say you're looking at between 40 to 400 a square foot, depending on where you're at or where you're going. Uh, Montana is great. It's a good example. There's a lot of places you can just drop this off, but there's actually a lot of places where you actually have to get dynamite involved because you're blowing out the side of the mountain to make a flat spot and dropping it off and dynamite. There's massive costs uh, that separate those two.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and then one of the things we is sort of, I think true in a lot of your photography is you see snow, um, mm-hmm. which is awesome uh like we've done some thick places in tahoe and they're nice like 200 pound snow loads etc oh yeah (laughs) does that are can your units handle uh pretty snow loads like that do uh is there special engineering you have to do i mean
1: is that just not something you've had to worry about yet etc oh no we we have to A really good example is the environment that we build in. uh, It's in Lethbridge, Alberta, which is in southern Alberta. It's a very flat and windy place. We're about an hour and a half east of the Rockies. And just the other day, it was – got to convert this to Fahrenheit. I've been out of America too long. Uh, It was about 75 degrees, and then the next day it was negative 20, and we had massive amounts of snow. So where we build, it's actually – to make us sound awesome, like we're strategically built here because of these reasons. Yeah. That's not true. But we are here, and it's been very strategic, actually, because we deal with so many different environmental changes that our units are actually built for that. And so when our, our snow load is actually rated for uh, one of the heaviest snow loads in Canada, it's a, this location called Revelstoke.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. Um,
1: so we're able it, to it actually... It's for
0: skiers if, if you're skiing. Oh,
1: it's a, yeah. If you're going to ski, go to Revelstoke. It is phenomenal. It's Revelstoke, Golden, that whole area. Yeah. Um, but that's actually one thing that's super, that we really enjoy about being able to build in house is that sometimes when you build like on advanced framing, which is like, it's just a style of framing that is, is, is amazing. Um, if we do go to places that have heavier snow load or seismic requirements that we don't deal with or wind, like wind requirements. Um, so like we have a unit, we've had a couple units go to Miami, Florida. Having everything in-house and being able to control that, we know that when you're going to Miami, Florida, that you're going to need hurricane-rated wind uh, or hurricane-wind-rated glass. We can actually – we know what to do. We can grab that and we can just – it's very easy. There is a cost associated because it is an upgrade. Um Unfortunately, everything has costs associated. That makes sense.
0: When people are doing the Miami units, are they also just like adding like mini splits or fans or something like that?
1: Mm -hmm. So we don't actually send mini splits down uh, because of the freon. It can be considered a hazardous move if it's like if it's pre-done. But we actually um, we send down plans and the location for the mini split to go through, and we actually prep it for a mini split that will actually have all the electrical in place and it's like this is where you put your mini split right that makes and sense that is, and, and a warranty aspect is really big for us if it goes to miami and we send a mini split from canada down to miami then you actually have to find someone to deal we have to and the client has to find someone to deal with the warranty on the mini split whereas if someone locally puts it in they can rate it they actually can provide a warranty on that mini split so if anything ever happens right um, that makes sense it's there any auxiliary options like that like a mini split which For all intents and purposes, the mini-split is the most common auxiliary options. We work to make sure that it is included in the design of where the location is going, but then we allow the client to purchase that so that they can actually get a local person to come and inspect and warranty that.
0: Awesome. That's really cool. Uh, So this has been really cool um, learning um, sort of about the history of your company. Um, While we have experts like you, um, we try to sort of ask Questions that have to do with your business. Um, in this case, probably it's going to be a little more about your business than others. Um, but these are questions we get all the time. So these are our fire rounds. So if Uh-oh. you can answer in a minute or less, <laughs> that's, that's awesome for each question, but no big deal. Okay. Let's do um, it. So, yeah. So um, question number one, uh, can you talk about uh, building these small units off the grid? We get a lot of interest in that. And most companies we work with actually aren't that well equipped to
1: do that. Yeah. So building off the grid, you have to define what's off grid. Uh, Is it truly off grid? No water, no electrical, no septic. And then from there, move forward. We have a bunch of different options uh, with our off grid units. um, To where they can be completely off grid, they're set up for solar. Uh, There's composting toilets. Um, We can be truly off grid um, or it can be partially off grid. It's like, hey, we actually have a septic. So we have septic and water. We don't have electrical. That's one thing that is really important to us um, is to be able to take these and drop them off anywhere. The the bigger question that we run into is if it's going to be off-grid, what's the location and can we actually get it there? <laughs> right.
0: Can you, can you yeah. get a crane there? It's going to be hard usually.
1: Yeah. We have a really cool project coming up to where we uh, helicopters are going to be involved. And so oh, we're cool. really looking forward to that. Yeah.
0: Wow, that's crazy. Um, I, uh, yeah.
1: I, <laughs> I mean, think I'm going to have a bit of a heart attack seeing that happen. Like, oh! <laughs>
0: That, I, that's yeah dude you'll you'll be able to do some cool videography because i mean we've done we've done like boats to islands in maine and hawaii mm-hmm.
1: um but uh
0: i haven't seen helicopters so that's that'll be a first
1: oh um, me neither so uh oh, i'll cross my yeah. cross your fingers with us <laughs> <laughs> uh
0: yeah that's crazy <sighs> insurance sounds like an interesting thing there um okay yeah. Uh, do you have examples of people using drops as investments we get this all the time like hey, these units are beautiful. Can I just like toss them on my farm and need some nice Airbnbs or whatever?
1: Yeah, so that is one aspect. We we work with a lot of, um, we have a large commercial project we did down in uh, Escalante, Utah. It's a company called Yonder. And so that's more commercial investments. So you're actually looking at, what I would say is a lot of, we're moving away from a lot of the traditional go stay at a hotel to, hey, let's go have an experience. And there's a lot of companies um that we were working with that we have projects upcoming with using it as a commercial um but it's more of like land development uh, commercial investment in regards in our, in to the hookups
0: rv style hookups or are, like how does that work from a plumbing standpoint in those situations
1: yeah so we can actually do whatever is required so if it's actually going into like a backyard and you're hooking up to a house we will actually have our drop so it accepts a typical house um, yeah. drop uh, generally, the drop for your water is an inch and a half versus mm-hmm. like an RV is like a three quarter uh, yep. spot. So again, that's one of the things that we continually. That's why we want to build in houses because we can very easily pivot flexible, and be yeah. like, exactly. Now, in regards to the investment, there are a lot of people that we find that uh, initially start. Uh, we've had, I'd say, about twenty percent of our clients that are like, "Hey, I'm going to use this for an A or B and B," and they will. The location is actually determined determines that a lot because uh, say it's going to California, it's going to be used by as an Airbnb and not an office. There's different rules and regulations with that. One thing that we have seen is we have had quite a few clients that have purchased our units and then they've sold their house and they've seen a dramatic increase because you can't actually pick these up with the crane and take them away. Yeah. When When they actually go and sell their house, they're like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to pick this up, take it away because I'm going to do this at my next house. We've actually heard of quite a few of our clients being able to get, like that's that's an actual selling feature that when the client found out about that, they're like, no, I, I want that. And it actually increased the overall sale of their house.
0: Well, yeah, I, I'm i sure. If this isn't like a high location, I'm sure that'd be true. Mm-hmm. Um, and then financing, how do most people find, like how do people finance these sort of smaller structures? Because that's, that's a pain point for a lot of these, Oh, a yeah. lot of sort of smaller companies are just like uh can you use home equity and then like it's after that the sort of answers get a little more complicated.
1: Oh man that's that's a great question and so that's actually a problem um that we are seeing all the time um yeah, we've actually thought about starting a finance company. So if anybody is interested yeah. in starting a finance yes. company there's we there's definitely we have a lot opportunity of opportunity for yeah. Exactly uh, the way that we work is we require 50% down um, and move forward with that. And that's, we've just made one of those things. Um, the 50% is we're guaranteed the job. And for all intents and purposes, the guys that are working for me, when they start working, we're there and we know we've got this job moving forward. We, I would say that we, obviously, it is in the price range that some people can't actually yeah. achieve financing is really interesting uh here in canada we can people can actually we, it, it, the code for it does allow for it to be classified under a mobile home so they right. can put a mortgage on it do an RV loan yeah oh, exactly. mobile, well yeah mobile, mobile home. home. so it's, yeah. it's interesting it's a mobile home and that's another really good thing because a lot of people when they ask what we do just for to clarify things really fast they just say we're tiny homes but we're just not on trailers right. but when you look into it getting financing on a tiny home that's on a trailer is way different than getting financing on a mobile home yeah it's more like a car yeah exactly it's a it's a really and this is one of those things this from a like a client and customer perspective that i I actually there's a lot of empathy because there's not a lot out there for people like this a lot of people actually just have to they get a home equity loan and then they just spend that money on what they want to spend it's something that I, i think in the next it's really, really interesting because I think in the next year to two years, you're going to see a lot of companies come up and have solutions that end up – it's not the right solution. But we're going to see in the next one to two years some amazing financial opportunities in this sector that are going That'd to be awesome. coming up. I feel like I, I, we've, we've seen some interesting stuff come up. and Yeah, there's – it's.
0: Most of the interesting solutions end up still being painful construction loans with like different wrappings. Exactly. (laughs) So Operationally uh, they don't end up being that much, like that easy is the biggest issue.
1: Yeah. And I think that's, uh, I think whenever I think about this, I'm like, man, if I personally, and this is just like, cause I always like, I like starting things. I'm like, man, if I could get a hold of a couple of these other companies that are in the same building sector as ours, we could actually probably come together and be like, Hey, we have this and this and this. And there could be a hundred to $200 million worth of work that's just waiting there to get financed. Oh, I'm easily, like, okay, easily, yeah. like Fannie Mae might look at it or something like that. It's it's And that's why I think the next year, this sector is growing so much when you have people like Boxable and Bodue uh, and like, I don't want yeah, to throw my a, name it, in there. It, but, if you're including the like full-blown, like kind
0: of twelve hundred square foot and under 80 providers there's
1: yeah hundreds of millions of dollars of volume
0: in probably california
1: alone oh um, I, I think that's the sector that i uh outside of this sector like in the finance instead of the building i'm really interested in seeing that and i, I think it's gonna once something happens it's gonna blow the sector wide open
0: yeah affordability more than doesn't. it is right now exactly um cool and then i guess last you, know, you talked about this a little bit uh so we get this question constantly so from a site selection question um so if i if i like love uh the drop structures, i want to put let's just say one of the bigger ones either in my backyard or on a piece of land i own what what are the sort of uh i mean i guess with your helicopter you have quite quite a variety but for typical projects what are the things that uh, homeowners should evaluate to understand is this a fit
1: Uh, I think that they need to go back and just really ask themselves, okay, why am I getting this? What is the intent and purpose of this? And is that intent and purpose uh, worth going through the process of being like, oh, there's things that I don't know about that I'm going to have to deal with? Uh, Contacting contractors to get a quote for the foundation, dealing with uh, city inspectors for getting their utilities ran and their electrical ran. Uh, A lot of just like, hey, why am I doing this? And then, if they're like, this is why I'm doing this, then there will be a lot of hurdles um, that they're going to have to look at for their site. And it could be like, hey, uh, I'm on a slope, the backyard slopes, Uh, it's got like a 10 degree slope. Um, If it's not, (laughs) let's, if you can't drive a F 350 along the side of your house to a flat spot in the backyard, then there are going to be things that you're going to have to deal with uh that's where I, in that situation uh, i really recommend uh when you're looking at a site the person or the company that you work with there's some really good companies out there uh, i'd like to think that we're one of them as well that the people that you end up having the conversation with will be able to help you with and negotiate those different things
0: yeah um, and, and you guys have you have you done um pretty steep slopes with like post and beam or big pylon mm-hmm.
1: additions? Yep. Yeah. We've done, oh man, we've done anything and everything. We we've worked with, uh, uh, the army Corps of engineers on, uh, on marshlands and that project never ended up going forward just because they were able to, they had a site in place and they were able to go to a different site, like right next to it that was more feasible. So we've done almost anything and everything. It feels like, um, and yeah, I really enjoy it. Some, some sites, uh, that we see, because generally on the Zoom calls, we'll actually have the client. Usually, they're on a, a an Android or an iPhone that they can video. They'll actually go in the backyard and show us the site, and we'll Google Earth it and we'll do topographs. That's where cranes are really awesome because the cranes usually show up, and the cranes will actually they have to do a site visit so they make sure they can do it. There are some sites that were like, hey, this is this would be um, really easy. That ended up becoming really hard, and then there's some that were like, oh man, I don't know about this one, and then it actually becomes really easy. Again, that's part of the transportation. Whenever we send units down, the drivers have been almost to every site and they're a huge asset for on onsite um, help. We went to Denver one time and the crane company actually admitted they didn't come to the site and there was a huge power lines and we're like, uh-oh. And we just talked with the client and we're like, hey, do you mind if we actually pull this post on this fence? Cause if we do this, the crane can back in here and we can get this done. Everything that we had seen, he did everything right except the crane company didn't actually come to site and we ended up making it work.
0: That's cool. Um, thank you so much. This has been awesome to, uh, learn both, get your knowledge on these issues and also learn a bunch about drop. Um, final question. We asked this to everyone. Um, what are you most excited about for your company or for the industry in the near future?
1: Uh, two things. One of them we touched on, I think the finance aspect, uh, which actually has nothing to do with, um, uh, our company specifically, but with the general sector as a whole, I'm really interested in seeing what happens in financing. And then for our, our company personally, um, I'm really excited about the, we're, we're still growing. Um, I have an amazing team. There's me, Connor, uh, who's an owner, Casey, David. My wife is like the whole team that we have. We've done this over the last three years and grown the way that we have grown and I think we have such an amazing team. Uh, the guys in the back, Kyle and and, and Trey and Keen, we're really excited about where this company is going in the next year, two years, um, and a lot of the different opportunities. And I'll also releasing a lot of the, the units that we have built that nobody's ever seen. I mean, we have a 640-square-foot, two-bedroom, full bath, full kitchen that no one's ever seen. And just seeing the traction and and therefore seeing a lot of the new clients coming in and meeting new people.
0: Cool. That's amazing. Um, well, anyway, it sounds like I didn't realize you, you actually started in the last five years or so. So it's really cool how much progress you've made. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm sure you feel that,
1: uh, anyway, well, you just it, see it in the gray hair, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, that, that might not, um, translate to podcast, but, uh, I'm (laughs) sure. Um, anyway, thanks again, Ryan. This was great. Um, for more information about Ryan and drop structures, DropStructures.ca, And, um, as always, you can, uh,
1: get information about the entire industry at prefabreview.com. Thanks again. Awesome. Thank you very much.